0: So we shall begin. Welcome. Um, So in the uh, email that I sent out, um, I expressed that I'd be sharing um, some words from our founder, Suzuki Roshi, around uh, something that he refers to as uh, direct experience. Per Yeah, maybe I'll just start with the quote and we'll go that way. And just to say a bit about the quote, I... um, first stumbled upon this book, um, which is, you know, I think written in the 70s, um, about 15 years ago, uh, when I was uh, in my last, well, I have a real job now, (laughs) but when I was in my my last salary, traditional um, uh, job, uh, two things happened to me. I I, uh, read a book called Singularity, which I don't know if any of you are familiar with, but it was written by a uh, futurist called uh, named Ray Kurzweil, and um, it spoke about um, AI and uh, AGI and um, pointed to, to a time. I think in the book it said 2028, where um, you know we would have this this uh, artificial intelligence that surpasses uh, humans. And so I had a bit of an existential crisis because of that um, way back then. And thought like you know like what what's what is there uh, to do? you know like I could see how my job's going to you know be no more, and I was you know just naming all the things, and um, somehow this book really spoke to me um, as an appropriate response and i didn 't know at the time that I would leave the job um, and end up here, um, you know fifteen years later, uh, but in in sorts that 's what happened, and um, this last chapter in particular, which is actually just the epilogue of the book, um, and this, well, several of these lines really spoke to me. Um, so in speaking, oh, I'll just go with the quote. Suzuki Roshi says, the purpose of practice is to have direct experience of the Buddha nature, which everyone has. Where, whatever you do, you should be, the, or whatever you do should be the direct experience of Buddha nature. Sorry, I forgot my glasses. Didn't have much notes, didn't think I'd need them. Um, So I'll read that again. The purpose of practice is to have direct experience of the Buddha nature, which everyone has. Whatever you do, you should be be the direct experience of Buddha nature. And just previous to that, uh, I thought I'd read this as well. Thank you, Alex, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We say big mind or small mind or Buddha mind or Zen mind, and these words mean something, you know, but something we cannot and should not try to understand in terms of experience. We talk about enlightenment experience, but it it is not some experience we will have in terms of good or bad, time or space, past or future. It is experience or consciousness beyond those distinctions or feelings. So we should not ask, what is an enlightenment experiment, experience? That kind of question means you do not know what Zen experience is. Enlightenment can not be asked for in your ordinary way of thinking. When you are not involved in this way of thinking, you have some chance of understanding what Zen experience is. Go back to that later. And so there I was, you know, about 13 years ago. We'll just say at this point, and um, many life circumstances uh, provoked myself and my wife to um, take a sabbatical. Um, you know, we realized somewhat that the life that we were creating, uh, building, was not um, meeting our deepest intention. And so we uh, decided to set forth on this opportunity to go to a place called Tassahara, um, you know, so one of those emails that Kodo now sends out about, oh yeah, come do this work period or whatever. We're like, okay, cool, we can do that. And then um, knew about City Center, uh, not about Zen, but uh, knew that we we could do a what they call a practice period after. Um, so we set out, um, and I not wanting to get into that story, but um, that was. Uh, a, a huge moment, um, landing in the the midst of Tasahara and being exposed to uh, zazen uh, in the midst of of my everyday life, and so that uh, gave me a flavor um, of directly experiencing uh, myself in a way that I wasn't um, in my day in and day out life. So then I also fast forward uh, about 12 years later to present day, uh, where. I found myself uh, you know, a decade plus in a monastery as an ordained priest, and guess what habits I had developed? The exact same ones uh, that I had back in my corporate life. Um, I guess you could call it checking Zen boxes. So uh, I, I decided, uh, was able to, uh, because of... Um, my position here, take a two-month uh, sabbatical, which ended in, in September, uh, which I referred to as a Zenbatical. And it was interesting because uh, while I was not here, that same type of touching down uh, into a maybe a more deeper, or truer sense of myself um, happened as well. Um, it was because of breaking that pattern, and really that is what, what Zazen is doing. It's breaking our habitual pattern um, and allowing us to just be Um, as we are and and touch the ground. So it gives you this um, direct experience that unmasks or uncovers uh, many of the things that we tend to to hide. Uh, One thing I wanted to to speak about was that for many of us, this uh, starts uh, between when we're kind of even pre-verbal and, and of course, as we start to to learn words. So um, I don't know. If any of you have access to uh, a young child, um, like really, you know, maybe like between born and, let's say, three, Um, but it's pretty amazing to watch how present they are with things. Um, There's no discursive. I mean, they definitely don't like things, um, but it's very direct. And uh, as time goes on, something does change in us. So um, some of you know I have a six-year-old daughter. Uh, named Maya, and it's really fascinating at this particular age to watch what she's going through. Um, of course, it started out with many questions and the inquiries, which is another thing I wanted to to speak to really quickly: is um, the value, uh, as I said in the, in our uh, meditation, of holding an inquiry, and that's not something that we needed an answer to, but it's more of like an offering or an opening. Um, that that has some curiosity or an intention behind it, and so uh, I find that young children are are often like that. And what starts to happen uh, to us is we start to to hear what others are thinking. We we pick up on this thing called good, bad, right, wrong, um, which is is funny. She'll come home constantly and be like, "Daddy, Liv said that this, this, and this, and you can't do this." And anyway, she gets into these long, like, just. Um, outpours and I'm I'm like not even interacting I just sit back and she's just questioning the world she's trying to figure out things Um, and of course you know she's starting to get in trouble at school Uh, she definitely inherited that from my side of things Uh, not listening and um, being challenging which then we have to engage and and tell her like hey you know when Miss Kamara says stop you know doing xyz exercise like I need you know you need to listen and Anyways, we uh, noticed that we ended up in this routine of before she goes to school, trying to game plan that. When she comes home, how did it go today? Uh, having positive reinforcement systems, so on and so forth. And um, this is all fine and normal, but what this does in us is it starts to build up uh, what I envision in my head are almost like layers uh, or sheets that we, we, we put on every single action um, or interaction uh, that we do, so, um, yeah, this, this happens um, to all of us, it's un- inescapable, um, you know, and then it turns into trying to understand what you want to be when you grow up and, you know, ways to get there. Um, another aspect of what uh, interferes with uh, this ability of direct awareness that we are all born with is trauma. And so, um, we all have our different forms of trauma. I can speak to one of one of mine, which um, really impacted uh, my ability to directly experience. Uh, or another way of saying that, too, that um, Rishan Paul Holler, the uh, Dharma teacher that lives across the street, says, is to experience the experience you're experiencing. I don't know, say what that is, But it's real. That's it's like deep shit. <laughs> experience the experience you're experiencing, right, and so, um, I, I, well, maybe it's not apparent because I'm a a Buddhist and all that, but I have a condition called alopecia uh, areata, which, um, you know, about 10 years old, started losing hair. By 12, I was pretty bald, um, and it pretty much just got worse from, from there, um, recently, I got little little dinky eyebrows now, but uh, before that, it was just sweat into the eyes. But um, yeah, it's it's fine now. Um, I'm you know I'm <laughs> especially living where I'm am at and and what I'm into. Uh, but yeah, no, at at that time, I you know when I lost my hair, got called Baby Buddha, cried <laughs> profusely. But you know, Mr. Clean, you guys probably know that Montel Williams. That's before your your time. Um, but also, you know, would get. Uh, sometimes lovingly, like, you know, smacked or whatever. Uh, but what that created in me was uh, a, a really, really self-conscious filter um, that has, you know, stuck with me to this day that I still... Uh, f- Some of you probably have seen me up here sweating profusely uh, at one time or another, and that's something that really did used to happen. Um, but, you know, throughout my life, uh, in new interactions, uh, when I would meet people, um, you know there there was all these layers of not allowing me to see them, like, um, do they think I'm sick or have cancer? Or, you know, um, are they going to be, you know, scared to shake my hand? the thoughts were crazy and uh, wild, but they existed. Um, and then, of course, like I said, socialization was very uh, impacted by that. And so that's just, I could say a lot more, but that's just one uh, way that... Um, uh, trauma showed up in my life and really impacted, uh, as I look back, so many ways that I showed up to places, uh, set certain limitations on myself, imposed judgment um, that was not not uh, actually there in the outside world. So, so it takes time to meet those things. Uh, time is, is not something that... Uh, a lot of us feel like we have a lot of, and um, so actually for for a moment, just because we're on the subject, I invite you to just uh, pause and you can close your eyes again and kind of search inward and just out of curiosity, um, you know don't go to anything too painful, but if you can just kind of source back into your life and and just touch on maybe an understanding of an age or a a dialogue where you feel that that, that fracture perhaps uh, started to occur. Um, perhaps you notice a tendency uh, in yourself that shifted the way that you move through the world or how you met yourself or others. So I'll just give you a moment to notice that and no need to fix or judge. You can come back to it later. But just to, to maybe sense or to bring forth an inquiry of, of where that slippage took place and perhaps an invitation uh, to meet that again. Again, we don't need to do that now, but perhaps you can just bookmark it. So besides that, I'd like to also get into um, a sensing uh, exercise um, that I'll that I'll have you do. That um, might, again, all that I'm doing tonight is trying to just point you at something. Um, and uh, this next exercise is, you know, it may or may not give you a, a taste of of what um, kind of a direct experience is, but it it might be able to um, give you some maybe bare bones or orientations to, to work with um, in your practice or in your day-to-day uh, movements. And so this is somewhat of a mindfulness activity that we're just going to go ahead and adopt uh, into our Zen space. But um, if you could just go ahead and sit up um, in a way that's comfortable, don't have to be too serious about this. And uh, what I'm going to have you you do for each one of these um, uh, engagements or instructions is, and you can look at me for a moment, is simply I'm going to have you breathe in, slow and go to the side, and then exhale to the middle, inhale to the other side, and back to the middle. So... Um, I'll give you some further instructions, but that's 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 the basics, um, and you're going to do it slow and just sensing in, again. So the first time that we do this, uh, when we inhale and exhale, I would like you to almost imagine uh, that the the field of, of, you know, being of thusness of air that is around you. Uh, you could almost think of it, you know, if you were in water you know, you would definitely feel you're in the midst of, of this, this body of, of space, time, atoms, whatever you want to consider it. And this first time when you make the movement, uh, I want you to allow that space, that what's outside of you perhaps, to guide the movement. And that doesn't have to make sense conceptually, but again, to see if you can allow that space to guide the movement back and forth almost like it is you know pulling you or moving you. So go ahead and do that to the best of your ability. Just go ahead and breathe in. And then exhale out. And again, do the other side, just breathing in. Allowing the space around you to guide your breath and breathe out. You can go ahead and do that one or two more times at your own pace, just sensing into the space around you. And then coming back to the middle. And doing the other side. And then back to the middle. And when you get to that point, you can just rest. And I'll give you the next instruction. And so for this next uh, round of side to side, we all have an internal structure. Uh, And this is like mountains and rivers. We have bones, we have internal organs, we have a body. And so this time I want you to really sense into the body aspect and the body, the mechanics of the body making the motion back and forth. So when you're ready, I'll let you do this a couple of times on your own, but you'll just go ahead and breathe in. and out, again, noticing and allowing and sensing the mechanics of your body, your bones, your tendons, making these movements. again, go ahead and just finish another round. And when you get done, you can just pause, still sensing into the scaffolding and the framework of your body. And then for this last round, same movement applies, but... I would like you to try and direct the movements with your mind. So again, just using the mind to orchestrate the movements. And go ahead and do that one more time. And then you can again come to the center and just rest in your mind. I love saying that. Okay, thank you for entertaining that exercise. And some of you may be like, well, okay, you know, I just did this for a while. And nothing really happened. Um, what I am, am trying to point at, and or, I mean, that was taught to me, but... Um, is that there's subtle places of our being, of our awareness, of our physicality, that are kind of at the root of our consciousness. Um, and, you know, from there we just add on many layers and many other mechanisms, I guess, to uh, conduct ourselves. But I found that um, just in that sensing and in that practicing, that that exercise, I'm... Um, again, becoming a little bit more familiar with, with the subtleties in, my, in the shifts, um, in my perceptions, pers- perspectives of, of how I'm holding myself. And again, it's kind of hard to explain, but I encourage you to, to practice with that uh, throughout the day and just notice what you notice. There's not a right or wrong. And there's not a, oh, I need to move with the air, or I need to move with, with my bones, but... Um, it's good to, to sense into yourself at that, that baseline level. Um, I've found it to be very helpful um, and, and useful for my, myself. Uh, the next practice that I, or it's kind of a practice, uh, and, and then some, When we're getting there with time, we will get there though, uh, is uh, an acronym that, that uh, one of my Dharma brothers, uh, Rashid Hughes, who I encourage you to look up, um, Rashid uh, is is based on the other side of the country, but is not uh, heavily is not religious. I mean, he's 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 spiritual. Um, Gave me the best uh, kind of uh, check uh, to me, and when we were at a conference, and he said, "Eli, if if I can't look somebody in their their eyes and tell them their religion is bullshit, and then they they still be okay with me, or still you know are able to engage." You know, I don't mess with them, and um, I appreciated that, uh, that piece of wisdom. Uh, that's besides the point. I digress. <laughs> but he's an amazing teacher, has a lot of, I, I would say, secular um, ways of meeting things that is just profoundly, in my, in my heart, mind, Zen. Um, and he has a program or a teaching that he calls REST, and it's uh, an acronym, R-E-S-T. Please do uh, go look him up. Um, brilliant teacher. Uh, And Rashid uses rest as an acronym, which stands for R, relax your attention, release. E is for exhale, all striving, empty. S is for sense the silence, surrender. T is for tune into awareness, trust. So again, just to release, empty, surrender, and trust. I think these are remarkable uh, instructions for zazen and as he kind of puts it in a, in a little caption and you know there's more on his site please go he says I encourage you to take uh the oh, that was me what I wrote I encourage you to take some time and look up where she's okay <laughs> more what he said I know I yeah I, I didn't hey, I didn't write today which is, is, is kind of a big thing but anyways I snapped this little bit from something else okay this practice Okay, rest is an antidote to capitalism, fatigue, and self-improvement in that it focuses more on being than doing. This practice is intended to help us integrate moments of personal intimacy and awareness into our daily lives. Rest is an invitation to become more familiar with our inner spaciousness and give ourselves permission to pause and relax into this space without guilt. Rest is neither a form of sleep therapy, nor a call for us to take more naps, which can easily be, become an escape from reality. Instead, it's an invitation for all people to rediscover belonging and awareness in just being. Oh, good. What you got on that, Suzuki? No, I'm just kidding. Ah, <laughs> Blast me. Um, but, you know, I think this is just so absolutely, completely um, relevant, and when we, we do not, uh, and first, I need to I should have said this a long time ago. It's not the, the emphasis that you should just walk around in direct awareness all the time, just like there, but um, we need to be mindful of the, the many lenses that we put in front of having a direct experience, a true experience of someone else, which is also our own Buddha nature, just being with. Um, so we are. It's really uh, out of time, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to sneak in uh, one more activity uh, to help sp- spur some uh, uh, direct uh, experience, uh, maybe bear attention, um, and, and also provide some smiles, and I can't help myself. Um, if you could just go ahead, we'll pass that way, and take one and, and pass it on, uh, please do not... You know, I always have to tell. So I I use bubbles to to teach uh, mindfulness, as an instruction to everything from uh, the the first graders that I I work with uh, weekly to, I can't take them to the jail, but um, uh, assisted living uh, spaces, high schools, you name it. So um, go ahead and just take one of these. Please do not get eager like my little ones and start blowing them all over until I give some instruction. You okay? Did you get one? Got one? I hope I have. I should have enough. So we'll just let you pass that out. And for those of you who are perhaps uh, listening to this at a different time, because I think this is being recorded, you can grab some bubbles to experience <laughs> bubbles, or you can also do what I, what we call the uh, the, the flower and candle breathing, which um, you could just make a fist. You just act like you're smelling your most favorite flower in the world. Bring it in deep, and then you make your pointer finger be a candle, and then you can blow out the candle. So, um, but I advise getting, getting some bubbles. So, are we are, are we almost there? Did they get passed out yet? You don't want us doing it right now? No, not yet. We will, don't worry. And like I said, I use uh, bubbles for everything from teaching Zazen to doing many different uh, mindfulness practices, studying impermanence, uh, metta, all of these things. Um, but tonight, we're, we're just going to, to try to uh, bring a little bit more of a direct experience. Um, and I find with bubbles, it's very hard to, to blow them or be in the midst of them and, and be thinking about the million and one things. Oh, thanks for bringing that up. I could have loved it. appreciate it. Uh, so first... Um, Yes, please. There, there are. Does everyone have bubbles yet? I brought enough bubbles. Okay. That's always a good feeling. It's a very bad feeling when you don't have enough. Does anyone not have bubbles? We're good. Okay. I brought more than the maximum occupancy, so we'd be in, in trouble if <laughs> <coughs> that was my... So first, just to, to notice uh, how the bubbles feel in your hand um, or the, the bubble vessel. Uh, You can look at it and watch it kind of move around. Just feel it in your fingers. And maybe before we even get started, just take a couple of practice breaths. You can use a flower candle if you want. And just noticing how our breath is entering and leaving our body. And then uh, what I invite you to do is go ahead and uh, open your bubble wand. And then on the count of three, we'll... I'll go ahead and, and blow up into the air. So get your little bubble. It's okay if it drips. It's non-toxic. It won't stain. One, two, three. Wow. <laughs> and so we'll do that once. And then go ahead and put another, get another dip in. And we're going to do this again. And this time I want you to just pay attention to one bubble and be with it until it's no more, and then you can switch. So one, two, three. And just find your bubble. doesn't have to be your bubble. It could be any bubble. Okay. And then one, two, three. This time we're going to see if you can feel what the bubble feels like. On your skin or your nose. See if you can just come in. Oh, it's hard to let it pop on your nose. Okay. This time when we blow, let's be quiet after and just listen to the sounds of bubbles popping. One, two, three. you hear that? So unfortunately, I do not have my uh, flavored bubbles with me. No, I really do. I have flavored bubbles. You can smell them and taste them and everything. Um, But uh, yeah, it it is time to to close. So um, you can take these with you. Um, I invite you in the next days or weeks uh, to just take them out at different times and and have three very intentional breaths. Uh, Perhaps have an experience of, of some kind with them you'll make somebody happy uh, usually if they see bubbles they, they get happy um, and then just notice how you how you feel afterward so yeah, with that we'll, we'll go ahead and bow um, and all right so i'm jammed us up with time so maybe what we'll do is we will uh, have about seven minutes six minutes or so uh, if there's any questions